Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to another episode of Run the Break. I'm your host, CJ Toledano, joined by my co-host, Alex Wong, up in Toronto. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, man, I know I say this every week, but the run of special <laughs> guests just continues. We we got We had to get the guy. Uh, we need a retweet from this guy. You know what I'm saying? When when this episode drops, we're going to need the retweet. Uh, so I'll let you introduce our <laughs> I'll let I'll let you introduce our guest this week. No, I mean, it, anyone who listens to the show, um, Josiah Johnson has been brought up every episode, like every, the last three episodes. So I almost feel ashamed. He's a close friend of ours. He's you know, known as King of NBA Twitter. I can't believe it's taken this long to get him on, but please welcome Josiah Johnson to Running the Break. Josiah, how are we doing? Fellas? Doing good. Uh, retweets are 50K <laughs> now, just so you guys know. Just there's no confusion. <laughs> wow. no, I'm just kidding. Price of the, price of the brick really going up. <laughs> I've been watching this show. I've seen you guys doing your thing. I'm super, super, super excited and happy for y'all. It's about time y'all got me on. Call me, call me off the bench to get in here and get some, some reps in. Well, Josiah, I just kind of wanted the, the offseason to shake out. You know, we're, we're seeing moves with our beloved Lakers happening. I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to have you on more towards the end as things are, are, are shaking out, like I said. But how, how are you feeling as a Lakers fan in general? Reminder, this is an official NBA podcast, but just wanted to get your higher level thoughts. I'm not quite as down on the squad as a lot of Lakers fans are. I'm, I'm a big fan of Westbrook. Obviously, I don't think last year was, uh, you know, what anybody expected or hoped for. But I think this squad now with Darvin Ham coming in, him kind of bringing his his toughness, his grit, his, his new impact on the on the, the squad is going to have some 
some great benefits. And, you know, if moves get made, if they don't get made, if this is the squad we got to roll out with. It is what it is. Let's get it. Yeah, and as a as a content creator, I'm sure you're pretty excited at the potential prospects of having Russ and Patrick Beverly in the same backcourt. <laughs> oh, you know, we've already, you know, it was it was funny. I was coming back from, from dinner the other night, and I'm hanging out with my wife and my kid, and she's like, she's like, first she was like, she said Pat Bev, but I thought she said Pat Riley. She's like, Pat, Pat Bev went to the Lakers. I'm like, Pat Riley went to the Lakers? Like, what the? And she's like, no, Pat Bev. I'm like, what? And then I saw the deal, and obviously it was, it was a free-for-all. You live for those moments, you know, content creators, people in the NBA Twitter space. Especially in August, you know, when it, when it's off downtime, nothing really going on. But KD, Pat Bev, Russ, all this stuff has really kept us in business. It kept us working these past couple of weeks since summer league ended. So I appreciate it. So we talk about, I mean, that, that's like a, a perfect snapshot of how you sort of came um, to be at the status you are right now. The king of NBA Twitter. Something happens in the NBA and then you were able to just on the spot, you know, come up with the perfect meme, the perfect post. Sort of like, you know, everyone's reporting the news, but then you're like, here's the creative spin on that. I want to take it back because you've been doing that since like 2014, 2015. We'll touch party, part of your background a little bit. Like not only, you know, are you this Twitter personality, but, you know, you're a creator of, uh, you know, popular animated series, um, Le Legends of Chamberlain Heights, which, you know, was canceled too soon. Uh, you played for UCLA, like from everything from playing basketball to being around the game for as long as you have to now, you know, what sort of built what the game is right now on social and for content creators. Tell us about sort of those early moments on the platform on Twitter and, and how you sort of saw the game and how you celebrated and how you decided like, Hey, I'm gonna start posting stuff. Well, CJ, as you know, I hate social media. I hate, I'm still, I'm like a outgoing introvert is I think the, the, the title I like to dub myself. So I wasn't really big on social created legend of Chamberlain Heights for comedy central started doing a lot more social for the show. And then once the show got canceled, I was kind of, you know, in no man's land, nothing to do. So I figured I would transfer a lot of the stuff that I learned, you know, doing social on the show into my own personal stuff. But for me, I just like to, you know, anything going on in the world, in the landscape, in the NBA Twitter world, like, you know, Woj, Shams, Chris Haynes, whoever breaks the story, the story's out. So now it's us to, to, to use our imaginations to creatively tell these stories, how they impact people, like a Pat Bev trade happens. Not so much worried about Pat Bev being on the Lakers. I think everybody's worried about Pat Bev and Russ's first interaction at the Lakers facility, things like that. So really taking those stories and supplementing, obviously, the news that, that happens with content, stuff to keep people intrigued, engaged, and also just, you know, creating discussion. I try to be as satirical as possible, try to be as humorous as possible, which I think is really a testament to my, my basketball background. You know, when you're in a locker room with 10, 15 guys, you know, you got to kind of hold your own there. Everybody's clowning each other. Everybody's going at each other. So you got to be able to hold your own. And for me, with, with the whole NBA Twitter stuff, it's really just, you know, really kind of exploded during the pandemic, you know, 2020. Everybody's at home, nothing to do. No live games on, no live sports. We need to figure out ways to entertain ourselves, ways to keep ourselves sane through all the madness and all the crazy stuff going on in the world. So I was just like, look, I know people are probably as depressed as me right now. They're going through a lot of different situations. So I'm just going to try to keep everybody as entertained as possible, keep everybody as upbeat. And really just, you know, you know, if you're going to come to my timeline, you're going to see some stuff that's going to make you laugh, make you think, and really just help you get through your day. Yeah, you know, you obviously bring a certain uh, perspective. And, and I think, you know, provide kind of like a lighter side, too, because sometimes the sports discussions can get really serious on social. I'm wondering, you talked about, obviously, you've been in that basketball space growing up. Uh, you know, playing and all of that stuff. Like, was that always kind of your attitude? Like, did you, were you always like the funniest guy in the room? Like, what what, what was your personality like, like kind of growing up? Uh, for me, you know, growing up in a family with all my brothers and my dad, my dad played in the NBA, but he's probably the funniest guy I know. 
Uh, you know, he would he could take anything going on in the world and, and, and crack a joke about it and see the lighter side. But it's really just the black community in, in general. We use comedy and humor as a coping mechanism for a lot of the stuff that we deal with. And mm-hmm. that's the thing about black Twitter, even, you know, we never take stuff too serious, but obviously always understand the magnitude and gravity of everything that we're talking about. But if there's a way that we can crack a joke or get some off about it, we're definitely going to do it. So, you know, just being around guys in locker rooms and being around a family full of guys who, who are equally as funny. For me, I just like, uh, you know, comedy is my way to kind of communicate with the world and, and just really let people know what's going on. And it's so relatable. I think no matter what your background is, black, white, whatever you may be, you know, humor is, is essential and vital in our world. And, and for me, in, in the basketball Twitter space, you got a lot of people who are way too serious, in my opinion. Everybody's so stat focused and, you know, wants to argue and debate and do all this type of stuff. Really not interested in doing all that type of stuff. You know, for me, I'm just going to crack some jokes, have a good time. Ultimately, none of us are playing any of these games. None of us are getting checks from any of these teams. So we might as well, you know, enjoy the lighter side of all these moments and really use it as a way to bring each other together. Obviously, in the NBA Twitter world, you have so many different competing factions and fan bases and Steph fans going at LeBron fans and Kobe fans and MJ fans. And I used to be, you know, super, super heavily involved in that stuff. But as I've gotten older, really just taking a step back, just appreciating first and foremost, being alive, you know, being able to have full use of all my extremities, just the simple things in life. And then really just, trying to get other people to see that like you know so many people i see that i know in the nba twitter space that'll go at each other and they want to fight each other and battle each other because they don't agree about basketball takes and i tell people all the time it's like all these people that you're beefing with if you guys knew each other in real life you guys would be friends because you have so much more in common than you don't so don't let you know a petty basketball argument or a steph or lebron debate now get in the way of, of those type of things and it's funny man so many people you know they're so emotionally invested in, in basketball and fandom and obviously fan is short for fanatic so it's definitely indicative of of what that word means but they kind of just you know i see it all the time now every single day you know somebody's the star of twitter generally not for something positive they said and you just (laughs) see the way that people will go at them and try to pack them up and say the most outlandish stuff about them and and me personally now that i've kind of grown in this space and i got people like lebron following me or steph or kd i got to move a little different so you know there's a very good you know chance of potential i'll see these guys you know, in the real world. So I want to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward socially so I don't have to fight any these dudes. Not to say that they would win. Obviously, I'm 6'8", about 280, you know, <laughs> somewhat muscle. There's muscle buried underneath here. But just, you don't want to put yourself in situations where now, you know, you said some crazy reckless stuff about somebody and you got to see them in the real world. No, that, that's great. We we actually had Omar Rajan, who, who's a buddy of ours, a couple of episodes. And uh, you know, we're, we're doing, we're on Twitter, we're, we're on these social media apps and, and we're, you know, we're doing what we love first and foremost when this thing starts out, because it's like, it's none of our job. So we're just having fun on the app. Right. And then you kind of, you, you get some followers, people recognizing you, and then you get that, you know, that follow or that like, or that retweet from, for you, it was LeBron. So like described was, it was it LeBron. It was way before LeBron, right. When you were like, oh man, this is something I should, you know, give some real commitment to. So like, can you tell us what that moment was when you're like, this is a for real thing that can really take me places? Well, CJ, as you know, it's funny, like, you know, that LeBron co-sign was obviously tremendous, but I feel like so many people now, like, man, you'd be nothing if LeBron didn't shout you out. Like I was getting big bags way before LeBron ever acknowledged (laughs) me, like, you know, doing things in this space. And this is the thing I try to convey to the the next generation, the younger kids who are getting into this world, you know, social media, especially Sports social media is a, a billion dollar industry nowadays. Everybody's trying to tap into it. Everybody's trying to plug into it. Everybody's trying to figure out their way to, to grow. And if you look at all the successful accounts nowadays, you mentioned Omar, what he was able to do with House of Highlights and now over at ESPN, 
uh, all the companies out there, SB Nation, Overtime, whatever. Everybody is heavy in the meme culture, the meme world. For me, memes are the the most, you know, amazing form of communication possible because, you know, I have a deep, deep extensive library of just pop culture knowledge from all my years growing up watching random movies, stuff that was good, stuff that was terrible. And that stuff has just been festering in my brain for years and years and years. And really there was no creative outlet to let it loose. You know, back when we were younger, you know, shows like The Simpsons or South Park and those type of things came out. And that was all the talk when you went to school the next day. And if you didn't watch it, you know, you were going to get clowned and you weren't going to really be a part of the conversation. So now it's the same way in the NBA Twitter space where anything that happens, right? KD says he wants to trade, then he goes back to the Nets. Kyrie and obviously all his situations, whatever may be going on, you know, the rest Lakers situation, it's just finding ways to have fun with that stuff. But also for me now, it's super important to be respectful of these guys, right? Mental health is a, a really, really major thing across the board that we all deal with. And understanding that they're all human too. There's no amount of money that you can make that won't make you human. But obviously when you're in the public space, people see you, they're going to comment and talk about it. So I just try to do it in a way now where, you know, I know a lot of those guys are looking at my stuff and looking at the tweets in the locker room and in various places that they're at, where they can do it and get a laugh at it too and not be so mean-spirited in how I approach it. Yeah, you know, you mentioned too, you know, obviously getting the, maybe just a bigger platform, more eyeballs on you now with the athletes following you. And I think we talk about yourself and Omar, like we're really in this era where it's not just the content, right? Like I think the content creator becomes kind of his own brand and, and they have their own personality. What's What's been like um, the most challenging thing for you, you know, as the platform has grown, as you're getting more eyeballs? Well, now, you know, when you first start, you have kind of a, a niche following, you know, a lot of friends or family, a lot of people that you know, a lot of people that like you. Uh, as the following grows, then you start to get a lot of the trolls and the bots and the toxic nature of it. You know, people who wish cancer on you and death threats and all that other good stuff over basketball takes, which is, is outlandish as it sounds. So it's really just navigating that land space. And even me personally, kind of just making sure that from a mental health standpoint, I'm always on top of it and understanding, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to guys in the same way. I don't want them to be disrespectful to me. So having a respect and appreciation for the players, but also for the community as well. You know, over the past couple of years, we've seen so many people who were just Twitter personalities or social personalities, be able to elevate and advance that to do so much amazing stuff. Even somebody like myself, you know, I went from cracking jokes and making memes to hosting several different podcasts, being able to work with people like Gilbert Arenas, being able to go on NBA on TNT, doing shows like NBA Twitter Live with Taylor Rooks and Adam Lefko. So it's funny, I never really had this vision of trying to be like an on-air talent or anything like that. But always, you know, I've worked in the entertainment industry for going on 20 years now always admired and respected that side, but also deep down, like, yeah, I would love to do that as well because I think I would have fun with it and be able to do a good job. So even even jumping on a pod like this, like five, 10 years ago, this would have been unheard of for any of us to be doing any of this type of stuff. Just the way that so many other people, and, and like you mentioned, like, you know, we're almost, you know, I, I like to fashion myself someone as an artist, someone as a social commentary, but people that I grew up kind of looking at and what they were doing in the space, and now that we're able to do it digitally, and you could throw up a piece of content or a tweet or anything, and you just never know who's watching. Like that LeBron cosign, you know, I'm just minding my business watching the Nets game, uh, you know, offer some social commentary. Next thing you know, LeBron sees it, hits it, and calls me the GOAT. Yeah, like that. That that's real life, and that stuff can really happen. So that's just something I try to tell people that are getting in this game, entry-level people that are kind of growing and learning social, is, yeah, you work for these companies, but none of these jobs last forever. So really build your own stuff up and make yourself separate from that so you can build leverage now to be able to do the things that you want to do. Like I said, I never would imagine I'd be hosting shows and doing some of the amazing stuff I get to do, being on the NBA and on TNT set with Shaq, Candace Parker, Dwayne Wade, and the living legend Adam Lefko. 
you know, getting broadcast into millions of homes. But this is all stuff that's happened as a result of social, but you really can't cheat the grind. You got to put the work in. And for me, I try to just stay as humble as possible and know that, you know, any moment it can all get taken away from me. But while it's here, I'm gonna really appreciate it and ride out. The one thing that was, I think, really unique about you when, you know, I'd seen you doing all this stuff. And then I learned this later in our, our friendship was that, you know, your dad, Marcus Johnson, he was in so many he was in so many movies as an NBA player, um, legendary uh, scene in, in White Man Can't Jump um, as as Raymond. Like anyone who's seen that movie knows that scene. So like you, you know, being an athlete's son, you actually got to be on sets. Like you played for the Clippers. So you're out here in LA. So I think like as a player's kid, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, they're probably get to see the NBA. Like, you know, like a Steph Curry, like, oh, is that going to be your goal? But then you're actually spending time on movie sets and TV sets. So like, was there a moment even just as, as a kid where you're like, oh, this is like, I want to be a part of this before, hey, I want to be in the NBA. Was there ever like a decision you made early on or was it just that, you know, the NBA just wasn't going to shake out once you got to college? So for me, obviously, if your last name is Johnson and you live in Los Angeles, there's like a 99.9% chance that you play basketball. But yeah. living in the shadow of my dad, you know, he was a five-time All-Star. He's a Basketball Hall of Fame finalist for the past couple of years. That's just a level you're not going to reach. And I think so many kids have dealt with that, whether it's Jordan kids like Steph, Steph and those guys who have been able to make the league are the, the rare uh, anomalies where you're actually in a better than what your dad was able to do. That, that's never really, you know, it, it happens, but it's, it's, it's very infrequent. But I was blessed, you know, to be able to grow up in L.A. and spend so much time as a kid on random different sets. Like, you know, my dad and my mom both did act. And my mom, my dad played with Norm Nixon on the Clippers. Norm's wife is Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen has been running the game, you know, for the last 20, 30 years. So as a kid going to hang out on the set of A Different World or The Sinbad Show or some of the other projects she was working on and really getting to see how the sausage was made, you know, being on the set of A Different World, then six, eight weeks later, seeing, you know, what all those different shots and scenes were and how they put them together to create something, you know, that just impacted black culture even still to this day. So you, like you mentioned, being on the set of A White Man Can't Jump, you know, I remember the first time we saw that movie when they screened it, you know, just how crazy the theater went when my dad's scene came up and he did the whole Raymond spiel and how that still follows him to this day. So many people even nowadays don't even know him from his basketball career. They know him from, from Raymond as White Man Can't Jump, which I think is a testament, A, to his skill, but his devotion to that side as well. So when I was growing up, I had a lot of different loves and passions. Like I remember being in like third grade and doing like film classes in the summer. And I'm taking classes with Jason Schwartzman, who was a year older than me. His mom is Talia Shire, Adrian from all the Rocky movies. So we'd be hanging out at his house. He'd be writing scripts and we're shooting movies as like 10, 11 year olds. And he's, He's directing those things like Spike, Spike Lee, like he's on, you know, he's all the different scenes and all this other good stuff. But we'd be hanging out at the house, you know, hanging out with his mom and stuff. And Sylvester Stallone would pull up and just random things that would go on. <laughs> and this is stuff now that I think about is so wild and crazy. But while I'm coming up, it was just like normal to go over there, see Sly Stallone just hanging out because that's just kind of what it was. Or being on a set of a different world with Jasmine Guy, Kadeem Hardison. I remember Jada Pinkett was, was super young. She came on like season four, season three or season four but being just so fascinated with, with her as an actress and like, yo, she's going to be special someday and seeing all that stuff pan out. So had a lot of, you know, fortunate, fortunate blessings kind of growing up in the city and just being caught up in the world, going to school with so many kids whose parents worked in the industry at, you know, different levels, directors, editors, producers, writers, costume designers, all that type of stuff. You just become immersed in that world and culture and fascinated with it. But you also, you have a leg up obviously on everybody around the world because you actually get to see how this stuff is done. So I take a lot of those experiences even with me to this day of just how to move, how to be professional and how to operate. But I'm so thankful that I was able to have them. 
Yeah, I remember actually doing a story. This is a while back now, and talking to your dad. Um, you know about being at at the Jordan Dome. You know when when uh when Space Jam was happening, and you know MJ had just come back, lost to the Orlando Magic, wanted to spend the summer getting back. You know into shape, and you know he told me all these just great stories about hanging out with Michael, playing in those pickup games, and he couldn't stop talking about Angela Bassett. I remember, and like it was just. <laughs> It was just all these conversations and it was just great. You know, I talked to Chris as well. You know, Chris was there and he remembers all those times. And like, I'm sure just like from you sharing just now from your answer, like you probably have so many of those just like stories and like anecdotes just from like growing up. So my favorite Jordan Dome, I got to go a couple of times. My brother was coming off of a national championship at UCLA. So MJ, who's always had a love for my dad. I think anybody who watched The Last Dance probably remembers the scene. He's had my dad's poster in his room. We'd always knew that story coming up and seeing that Sports Illustrated photo, but to actually see the video of him saying, you know, cause you know, our dad, you know, he likes to be humble and, and, and play it low, like, but he was that dude at one point in his career. But being able to go to the Jordan Dome, my most vivid memory of that time was, uh, you know, after they played, it was literally Jordan, Charles Barkley and Ken Griffey Jr. sitting at a poker table, stacks of hundreds, behind Jordan, just boxes of Jordan patent leather 11s, like just, you know, like 50 boxes, just hanging out. But these dudes are literally just playing poker, having a good time hanging out. And for me as a kid to be able to see that, like three just icons in the sports world, just, you know, having fun, talking trash, but got to meet MJ several times throughout my life. And, you know, just a great dude, but it's always crazy to see the way that those people respond to who my dad is and how they look up to him and revere him as this, you know, guy that they, a lot of them grew up watching and playing with. Cause to be candid with you, like when I started getting good at basketball, 14, 15, like my dad was trash at that point. He had a janky hip, his neck was bad. So he really used to get that work for me and my brother pretty consistently and routinely. And it was only like, you know, being able to look at his Betamax or VHS tapes where we actually got to respect who he was as a basketball player. Cause to me, he was just that guy who was gonna get served up in one-on-one, -on -one, you know, no matter what. <laughs> but then I look back at like his younger days and what he meant then is like, all right, yeah, he probably would have busted my ass, you know, if he was at full strength and not at like 35%. Marcus Johnson. Johnson gets the Bucks on the board. Rebound, Johnson way up there. Marcus Johnson. We're gonna take a real quick break and then we're gonna come back. And I wanna actually, cause I'm a new dad, I actually wanna talk to you because you're doing so much and you're a dad, you got two sons and with LeBron and all this stories coming out, I wanna, I wanna talk to you about how you're pulling this off while also being a dad. So we'll be right back and running, running the break. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back on Running the Break with Josiah Johnson. Now, we've talked a lot about your dad, Josiah, but um, I don't know a lot of people know this who follow you, but you're also a dad yourself, which I think should make any of the, the clapbacks or like, you know, the rebuttals to some of your haters on Twitter uh, hit even harder when it's like you're raising a beautiful family, but then you're also putting people in their place. So one, I just wanted to ask you because, you know, we've talked about you're on Twitter, you're hosting these shows, you got a bunch of projects in development, you're being flown all over to be at, you know, the finals playoffs and all this stuff. How are you able to pull that off while also being a dad? CJ, as you know, I'm washed and I'm, I'm very, very comfortable and happy in my washness. Uh, I definitely had a great life before becoming washed, but, you know, love being a family man and take great pride. Like you mentioned, I got a five-year-old and a three-year-old and I'll battle whole social teams. And I take great pride in running numbers up, up on them and giving them work while literally there's two kids smacking me in the face and <laughs> grabbing the phone and, you know, all the different stuff going on. But for me, I, I, you know, being a dad is probably the most amazing moment you know, of my life, right? And I know you're experiencing the same thing. And it's tough. Like, obviously, when, when you, your wife's pregnant, you're not really dealing with all that stuff. You're seeing the mood swings. You're, you're yeah. obviously eating, too. I feel like we were both pregnant because I'm eating just as much ice cream and all that other stuff. Like, you want some pickles with ice cream? I'll have some pickles with ice cream, too. I don't even, I'm not even tripping. But as <laughs> soon as that kid comes out, you really just got to lock in and focus and stuff becomes so much bigger than just yourself. So I had kind of a downtime before my first son was born and even through kind of the early part of his life. Wasn't getting any work, wasn't getting any opportunities, but was able to really use him to lock in and use him as the motivation to be successful. Because also, as you know, CJ, you know, those checks, they don't come to me anymore. They go straight to those kids, whatever it is, daycare, preschool, diapers, all that stuff is expensive, man. So it adds up. So it really motivates me to want to grind and want to work hard, but also find that duality and balance where you get to balance your professional life with your family life, which is the most important thing to me. You know, I mean, I remember watching Godfather as a kid, you know, you know, and what Don Vito told Michael just about, you know, being a family man and how important that was. And that really resonated with me. So now that I have this opportunity to be around my kids and, and it's crazy because I didn't really have that experience growing up. My dad was still playing in the NBA. He was traveling all over the country. We would see him on TV a lot. Right. But we didn't really get a lot of that FaceTime with him just because he was dealing with so much stuff. Well, I try to be just really as, as a part of my kids. You know, they're going to know everywhere I go. You know, we're doing T-ball now. So I'm out there with all the other dads. We're going to make sure that they know that I'm around. and I'm always going to be available for them. But I, I see the impact that it has on on them. And I didn't really have that experience. Like my dad was playing in Milwaukee when I was born. I was living in Trenton, New Jersey with my mom. So some of the earliest years of my life, he wasn't really around, man. So there's like this picture we have 
I'm probably like two or three years old. We're at a park and I'm kissing him, like giving him, leaning up to give him a kiss. And that was kind of really one of the first times I really got to spend a lot of time with him when I was young. So for me, I kind of dealt with that and didn't really acknowledge it then when I was younger. But as you get older, you kind of, you know, you realize some of the trauma and pain that you deal with growing up. So now with my kids, man, I just try to, you know, be all in with them, be that annoying dad. I'm there for everything as much as possible. But it's tough, like you mentioned, the work and the grind. But I've been able to now leverage everything I'm doing on the social side, everything I'm doing on the hosting side and all that other stuff to be able to have more time with them. Yeah, when I got to go lock in and, and do a show, like if I'm working on Colin in black and white, of course I'm locking in and those are 10, 12 hour days. But that, that's a finite amount of time. That's only four or five months. And after that, you know, I get to just devote all my time and energy to them, especially times now, like right after summer league ends till training camp starts, they're just getting, you know, a heavy dose of daddy to the point they're probably getting annoyed. But for me, I wouldn't <laughs> change any of that stuff. Like I'm, I'm going to be a, an integral part of their life from now and forever. So they're going to have to deal with me. I love that, man. And like on the show, we always talk about, you know, CJ becoming a dad and he's got all these hobbies that may, he might have to let go, you know, sneakers. He loves collecting all kinds of sports memorabilia jerseys. Like, do you have advice, uh, Josiah, in terms of collecting? I, I'm so lazy and like all over the place that not really like I never really it's crazy. It's just crazy to say, but like, yeah, my dad played in the NBA. You're just so you collecting I, checks. You're just collecting checks. I man. do love collecting checks, but <laughs> n never really was a big shoe guy. Like always wanted all that type of stuff. But yeah. I had so many brothers and sisters that, you know, his, his pockets weren't really hitting like that. So we weren't getting all the shoes we wanted and stuff like that. But no, CJ is kind of like the peak of that. Like he'll he'll pull out stuff like, you know, hats, shoes, stuff. And I'm a big fan of like the 80s and 90s and that whole culture. And like I used to buy a ton of stuff. Like I was a big fan of Eastbound and Down. So I've got like, a, you know, a, a merman, a merman sweatshirt and, you know, foam fingers oh, yeah. and all that other good stuff. But any of that stuff, I would always like translate into real life and that stuff would become real to me. So, you know, a Jesus Shuttlesworth jersey is just as prized of possession as a LeBron jersey for me, just because you know, of, of what those things meant to me and just growing up in that pop culture world. But now I used to collect a ton of baseball cards and things like that. But now, like you said, I just collect checks, you know, and, and try to stack <laughs> you, that bread. You got that Kermit Wilkes uh, Lakers jersey, yeah. though, that you were you were stunting uh, with um, yeah. at Summer League. So that's like, I mean, you're one of us is all we're, we're trying to no, say. For sure. Most, but yeah, I'm not gonna, I, I'm more inclined to get a Kermit Wilkes jersey than a LeBron jersey. Like, you yeah. know, as soon as I saw uh, Hustle, I'm just like, yo, I'm gonna create a whole world for Kermit. Like, you know, he, he got picked up by the Lakers. He's, <laughs> he's an integral part of the squad now. He's probably our biggest free agent prize possession, but yeah, living that duality of world, but growing up in a time with the mighty ducks and all that cool stuff. And as a kid dreaming of having all that stuff, like, yeah, I definitely got to step up my collection game. Yeah, that's, um, that's amazing, man. And like, speaking of like, you know, CJ, you're asking Josiah about, you know, being a dad, you guys talk about the Lakers. Like we're talking, and I think it's, it's today that Sports Illustrated put out the cover, right, with, with LeBron and Bryce and Brawny. Um, and, you know, LeBron spoke, you know, he's spoken very candidly, like, you know, just like throughout, you know, this past year and even before about wanting to play with his sons, you know, in, in the NBA. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, Josiah? Because, you know, I know you got to get some memes ready for that, too, man, when that when that day happens. Now, we've, we've, we've had those things cooking for, for Bronny and now we got <laughs> Bryce in the fold. But I think, you know, you look at somebody like LeBron, all the hate that LeBron gets, all the negativity, but LeBron is a great father, you know, been very, very present for his kids' lives. For me, I love, you know, seeing the videos of them at the Lakers facility and just watching the different generations go through the workout. And now Bryce, who was kind of like, you know, the ugly duckling of the crew, like he, he was kind of pudgy and, and short and whatever. Now he's 6'6", beast, like getting ready to do his thing. It's cool to see and to know, you know, I remember when that LeBron Sports Illustrated cover came out. And here we are, what? 
20, almost 20 plus years later. And now he's got his kids and I know how proud he is of his kids and how happy he is for him. So I would love to see that moment. I was, you know, a big fan when, when Ken Griffey senior and junior got to do mm. their things together, hitting homers in the same game and all that type of stuff. So I think it would be incredible for the league to be able to have LeBron and his kids playing together. He, he very well may be in his forties at that point, but I feel like LeBron is going to be the Tom Brady of the NBA where he got to skip that college experience. So that's, you know, anywhere from two to four years for a lot of guys. So he has that kind of extra miles. You look at somebody like Kareem, who played 20 years in the NBA, but Kareem had to play four years of college. So really, that was a 24-year window. Now LeBron gets to use that 24-year window of just NBA basketball. So there's a very, very good potential and chance. And I think if I'm a team, especially one of the Wacker squads, you know, I would definitely go ahead and, and get Bryson Bronny on the squad, get LeBron there at least for a season, and just how incredible and historic that moment would be. Yeah, you talk about being washed and, and me collecting stuff. I have that chosen one, uh, Sports Illustrated, somewhere around here. And it's just like, man, uh, it's just, you know, full circle moment for LeBron, obviously, but also for me as a fan. I, you know, watching, I remember taping that Carmelo LeBron matchup on ESPN. It's like, mm. once I see even just Bronny play, I'm like, man, we're old, but like, we're now we're working in the NBA. This is great. Um, but yeah, let, let's take a break. And I want to, when we come back, play this game. Now, this is a show about uh, off-court moments in the NBA. One of my favorite speeches of all time, Katie's the real MVP. This game is inspired by that. We're going to play it when we come back on Running the Break. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, and you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DK Hoops only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back on Random Break. I teased this game before uh, the break. It's called The Real MVP. Yes, did I just make this up uh, a few minutes ago? Sure. But this is my way of us <laughs> picking our favorite, our favorite, you know, sort of off-court um, or off, you know, not usually discussed on these studio sports shows. Again, uh, what I love about Josiah is, like, y- you host all these shows, right? And, like, back in the day, you know, people would host these shows because they were a journalism major or they went to broadcasting school. And now it's, like, dudes like us who are hosting these these shows. And I don't want them to be as cardboard as shows that we see on these other networks. So we're calling this the real MVP. So I'm going to bring up a category. Um, and then you tell us, you know, more of, like, your underrated choice. Um, of your favorite or who you think is the MVP of this particular category. Long-winded okay. description, but uh, we'll get it, okay? So first one we're going to do is funniest NBA player of all time. Who is your real MVP, Josiah? Ooh, funniest MVP player of all time? There's so many options to choose from. For me, and I don't think this person was intentionally funny, but probably Dennis Rodman, uh, you know, just watching him play on the court, especially the different phases he went through, wearing the wedding dress. You know, I think to to promote the book launch and all that other type of stuff going on, the crazy hairstyles gotta be gotta be definitely up there. Another dude that you know, I don't think anybody will appreciate Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley when he first came <laughs> to the league, he was doing the uh, JMZ thing. Still some of my oh, favorite yeah. videos. Damn. Like that's yeah. those Sun Squads and the stuff that they were getting off. I can remember one with like uh, Barbosa and all those dudes on the bus singing uh like Billy Ocean or something like that. But just. He was so unintentionally funny, like just the looks he would give to the camera and stuff when they were supposed to be serious and locked in on the film. But him doing his JMZ stuff, one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned Jared Dudley because he was like ahead of its time in terms of recognizing the power of just like the behind the scenes look and like using social media. And like, man, I feel so old now because that feels like a total other era of, of social. Uh, but but it's it's incredible he brought that back. I'm just gonna add before CJ asks the next one. I want to put Kawhi Leonard on this list, man, because <laughs> yeah. Kawhi Leonard is honestly the funniest dude, and this man never tries anything. This guy does. This guy can show up in a gym and just wave and say hi, and it's the funniest thing to me. Like he is just constantly cracking me up, man. I, I love you gotta, that dude. You gotta appreciate Kawhi for the the fake Apple story, Apple time or what? I mean, like, so so believable. So believable because you were the, <laughs> you know Back when people Apple. are making writing fan fiction for you like you are a true legend of the game and you yeah, read it and you don't even think this is fake no this this has to be true yeah. <laughs> apple time oh my god all right next Incredible. one best dressed nba player of all time who's your real mvp Ooh, i gotta go with AI from the braids. For, I just I did a show with Colin Kaepernick, and literally the first episode of that show is Colin getting braids. But he got those braids because he loved AI so much. And when you talk about influence, obviously guys like LeBron and Steph currently, but the impact and influence that AI had on the game of basketball. Like I was getting my hair braided, and it was probably one of the most painful situations of my life. I can literally remember being in the dorms at UCLA. Natina Gurley, the legend, she would braid everybody up, but it'd be like thirty football and basketball players all just lining wow. up to get the braids. I'm super tender-headed, so I really resonated with the Colin and black and white stuff when he's in, in damn near in tears getting his hair braided. But that was the look that we all wanted to have. And then those were the good old days when you could rock, rock like 5X, 6X white tees, you know, and still get it off. I think about the clothes that we wore in those times. 
definitely will burn all of that stuff now, but in the moment, AI is probably my guy. Yeah, don't worry. I got Velour suit in my closet. Um, hey, best, the, uh, best. The Velour. Oh, the Velour. <laughs> <laughs> the Velour best, era. Uh, <laughs> velour era is amazing, man. I was wearing that stuff in high school, going to calculus. I don't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> best. There's a lot of these great retired players that are still in the game, you know, especially, you know, keeping it going on social and on these television networks. Who's, who's your best um, favorite retired player? Favorite retired player of all time? Uh, for me, favorite retired player has got to be Shaq. I think Shaq, mm. the, the second career he's created for himself, DJing, selling like 800 different products, Icy Hot, Papa John's, all that. You know, he just the, the amazing dude he is, the, the larger-than-life figure. When he was with the Lakers, when he wasn't, like you could always see Shaq rolling around L.A. in the Mercedes or the Escalade, stuff that he was way too big to fit in. He would roll the windows down, give you a peace sign, you know, stuck in 405 traffic just like the rest of us. So I got to yeah. give it to Shaq. Yeah, to me, it's a it's it's either between Shaq or Charles. And I mean, regardless, I, I saw on Twitter the other day, someone was like, the moment when the inside crew like disbands is going to be one of the saddest moments. Like it's coming and it's just going to hit all of us like a train. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next one. Uh, best uniform of all time. Give us your real MVP of uniforms. Uh, Charlotte Hornets. The mm, old school yep. ones way back in the day mm. weren't really functional. I remember I did a ton of research <laughs> on Alexander Julian. He was a designer. He was tasked with making their uniform. But every single person, like the colorway with the teal and the uh, the future, whatever it is, you know, everybody wanted like that was the most coveted starters jacket. You know, that and, like mm -hmm. the Eagles jacket. Everybody wanted a Charlotte Hornets jacket. And, you know, if people are getting robbed for your jacket on the streets, that means it's, it's, it's something extremely special. But it's crazy to see those uniforms when I was a kid and how cool and swaggy they were. And then to hear stories from guys like Rex Chapman, like, you know, he designed those without like the, the holes in the shorts. So literally they would be sweating. They were like unbreathable and stuff like that. They were more like, you know, to wear to the club than to wear out them. And then the Orlando Magic, I think Magic's jerseys, the old school ones, still some of my favorite of all time. But I don't know if they were my favorite because the jerseys were cool or just because of the Shaq and Penny era and just how much we were all just in love with it when that team first came out, you know, how successful they were pretty much out the gate. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned the Hornets because, like, that's the that's the inspiration for our podcast logo, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. CJ, I know you did a lot of brainstorming in that too. Uh, last one for you: uh, best stadium food, best food at a stadium. Ooh, I got to go old school sports arena. Uh, the nachos at the sports arena back in the day, they used salsa herdes, which is like a LA staple, but they had the salsa and the uh, the nacho cheese in it. Nobody really gets that off anymore. And then like the kula ku, like uh, ice cream sandwiches. We're also phenomenal. Yep. Like, you know, it's tough. LA, you know, between SoFi, Crypto, you know, other than Dodger Dogs, our uh, stadium concessions are, are rather mid comparatively to the rest of the universe. But, <laughs> you know, definitely I'm, I'm always hitting some nachos anytime I'm at a game. It's tough now, obviously, as we've grown. And, you know, we have people that are watching us. I can't really eat nachos at games anymore because I'm going to spill some cheese on my shirt and I don't want to get clowned. And I just know, and I will say this, if you ever get the, the pleasure of getting to go to a game with Josiah, he knows how to get the dessert cart to come to you. And it's just like, that was a secret unlock to go into games. It's like, oh, I'm not going to wait in line for, for dessert. The dessert's got to come to you. And then you get two different ones. It's incredible. Um, but Josiah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you want to add something to that? My bad. I'm just saying the, the staples, <laughs> I don't know if the crypto still hits the same. Staples dessert cart, look, you got to get premier level. You got to get sweet level. I know some of you may not feel like you're stunning like that, but it's worth it. Spend that extra bread. Cause they come through with the caramel apples, the peanut butter cake, the yep. ice creams. And you're going to, you know, it, it's, it's a delicious time and moment. And you got to position yourself in one of the good suites. So, cause you know, sometimes they don't come to the very end of the game. And by that moment, you know, the game might've already been decided. Some people might be on their way out, but make sure you get it early. 
Josiah, man, I really appreciate you making the time sharing your story, man. It's always great uh, to chat. And, you know, for anyone listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to Running the Break wherever you get the, your podcast. And shouts, as always, to our producers behind the scenes, Pete, Grace, and Kurt. And uh, make sure you follow Josiah. I'm sure everybody does already. But find yeah. Josiah yep. Johnson on Twitter. Follow him. And CJ and I will be back next week. Peace. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.